The views and opinions expressed on the cap are those of the hosts. They do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Old Note Media. Any opinions stated aren't intended to offend anyone. episode 404 uh, before we get into it taylor i have a little bit of a bone to pick with you you're not being the best guest right now um i like three games ago i kind of cleared off some space on my couch so that you could sit down with me next to me um and for some reason you haven't shown up yet what the fuck is your problem dude hey you know Derek white Derek White didn't want me to. I mean, actually, what's crazy is I'm always on the couch, you know, for mm-hmm. the last like what 40 episodes I've been on the couch, or yeah. however many episodes I've been on the couch. But yeah, sorry, I haven't made it, man. I, you know, we'll see how this afternoon goes, tonight goes, and then uh either I'll be on the couch or we'll have another another two weeks. Well, again, like I, I cleared off like a lot of space that I could be using. I kind of want to like put my feet up and stuff like that, but I'm trying to be a good Go host here. Put, no, no, no. Put your feet up. Put put your feet up. I <laughs> if I had I would, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'll, I'll be there in two weeks. Okay. Um, we'll see. Uh, hopefully tonight, but again, we'll see. Uh, if you guys haven't caught on yet, uh, we're talking about, uh, what will happen tonight as we are recording this on Monday, May 29th, which is game seven of the Boston Celtics and Miami heat Eastern conference finals series. And to be honest, on one hand, um, it's great basketball. Um, on the other hand, I kind of. And I'm not mad about this, but I kind of expected there to be like a week of me not really knowing what to do with my life because the Celtics were going to get swept. And um, despite what LeBron wants the narrative to be, the Lakers got swept as well. Um, but game six was really an all-timer. Um, yeah. The Heat definitely gave you a few heart attacks in the last two minutes coming back from like down 10. And then well, Derek if you want White, to talk about giving, you want to talk about giving, I mean. Jimmy Butler was horrible the whole game. And mm-hmm. then in the last two minutes, he was like, oh, I'm going to run the sprint at the hoop and fall down play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it worked. I mean, yeah, I mean, again. He's tough, he's tough James Harden. Small Joel Embiid. That's it. That's all he is. Okay. the Coming, from a, trick, a, yo, coming from a Marcus Smart supporter, I, I don't know what this energy is because yeah, we all a, know. Marcus Smart is a role player. He's not the number one guy on the team doing this stuff. Still, though, I mean, he's the number one leader on the team. He's the number one something. I know, but Jimmy, like Jimmy's the one who's supposed to be carrying it. Jimmy's the one. I mean, yo, if you're if you're going into the fourth quarter, like three for nineteen or something like that, and then yeah, his he's finished at twenty four or whatever. But I'm not even mad at like the Horford one at the end because I think that was a foul, and then there was a Horford one before that that was also a foul. It's driving into Derek White and Jason Tatum and both of them are going straight up and blocking it and they're giving them the free throws and it's like you know it is what it is you, if you get to the rim it's and if I almost even wouldn't have been even talking about this at all if Jimmy had been having a good game because when you when they're in the flow it's like hey like when Tatum you know starts approaching 30 40 and he starts just putting his head down getting to the line like yeah I want him to get those calls and it's almost like he you deserve those calls but if you're three for 19 it's like, come on, like what, now you're getting bailed out, but it is what it is. I mean, I'm as a the fan, other, I'm the other I side am, of that it, argument would be that if you're three for 19, maybe there's some missed calls in there. He, he was like leaving like bunnies short. Yeah. 
Like he was hitting like the bottom of the rim kind of, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. doing that little push shot. He just had a tough game and and that that's fine. But I don't know. I, as a fan though, like this series has been exhausting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I can't even imagine do what players feel like, especially the Celtics. Cause they've gone seven in the second round and conference finals two years in a row now. Mm-hmm. And like, when you really think about it, like, so they went six with that land. They've played in This will be their 20th game of the playoffs. That's a, that's a quarter of the season. Yeah. So they like the, you know what I mean? Like if you look at the whole season, this is like five quarters of the season that they're, they're about, I mean, and if they play again, they have maybe another seven games to tack on to. So you're approaching 30 games and I don't know. It's just, I'm happy with how this series went. Cause two sweeps would have really sucked just from like a pure, like basketball yeah. fan perspective. Getting swept like Celtics fan, that would have sucked. Nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to watch uh, Miami versus Denver. Like, what is this? Is this is even real basketball. Too, like, yeah. It's the stupidest yeah. shit ever, but that would have been like, what yeah, the conversation would have been. That's correct. I hate that. I hate that argument so much. They're like, Oh, like, it's like, all right, then you're not here for the right reasons. You know what I mean? That makes me feel so old to say that, but it's like, why I mean, are you watching basketball if you're like, mad about basketball? Like one, of, like, one of the reasons why basketball is so great is because it's legitimately a male reality TV show. Like, it's a reality TV show for men. And um, that would make that's what makes it so great. But at the same time, it's there's still no scripting involved, at least... <laughs> I'm sure some people who bet a lot of money probably disagree with me, but from from my perspective, it seems like there's no scripting in, involved at all. So because of that, you have to embrace the fact that going into every single series, you know that you don't know what's going to happen because obviously it's going to be in the future. And unless you have a time machine, which I don't, then what are we, what are we really mad about here? We should be happy that we're seeing a franchise get to the finals for the first time in NBA history and might face a team that realistically going into the play and we didn't give them a shot in the Miami heat. And then on no, the other I, side, I think it was fair to not give them a shot. I mean, watching that agreed. first playing game, they just like gave up against Atlanta and then they almost lost to Chicago. You know what I mean? Like, well, they, they going to. I know, but like, <laughs> and that's another thing too. And, and I don't know, it, it, it brings into question like the, all, everything with the playing tournament. It's like, yeah, they're the eight seed, but it's almost like they kind of were okay being the eight seed. It's not like they snuck in as the eight seed. It's like, no, and I don't know. I think tonight's going to be a great game. I hope it's a great game. Obviously, I wouldn't complain if it's similar to game seven against the Sixers, you know, like just a big, like from the beginning. But I don't anticipate that. I anticipate no. it being a, a a very difficult game all around. And I hope that, honestly, I hope Jimmy and Bam play better on their side. I hope the Celtics shoot better from three so that we see like, an actual good game because the last one was game six was a great game, but like the Celtics were up 10 with like three and a half left. And then it got really, really like messy for like yeah. the last two and a half minutes. It was just like, all right, free throws, free throws, free throws, miss layups, miss layups question of like the last two minutes report said there was like fouls, which whatever, I don't, I don't give a shit about any of that. And then it's like, you have three free throws that could have won the game. And then you have, and it was an awesome play, obviously, but like it's like a mystery and a putback. So it's not like yeah. it was a great game, but it just got kind of like disgusting at the end. And I, I, I'm hoping tonight is like an actual, just like all timer game seven, like back and forth battle. Obviously, I hope the Celtics win, but all you can really ask for at this point is like a a, a good game. Yeah, an actual I mean, good game. 
adding on to what you said about game six, like Duncan Robinson missing two wide open threes is insane. Like, I I know I definitely thought one of them was going in. I feel like even though you might not admit, I feel like you kind of thought the same thing. Oh, he was was wide open. Yeah, there are great looks. The the first one, especially because like they Caleb Martin got an offensive rebound on a free throw. And honest, I thought there was a foul down low, like kind of how the whole play happened. Mm -hmm. Everyone was like moving so slow. Like Martin had it down low and was like kind of like trying to get through traffic. And then he kicked it out and then Duncan like caught it and took like a real slow dribble. And I was like, oh, this is like they blew the whistle and I didn't hear like we're going to get more free throws. And then he put it up and I was like, oh, oh, shit, that's a like that's a real shot. He missed the first one I thought was definitely going in the second one. I didn't feel so good about because, well, I mean, I felt good about it. But like in terms of actually it going in, because there was like 18 seconds left and he rushed into a, a pull up three. Yeah. And I understand like he is supposed to be that guy. But like if you look at his the last two seasons he hasn't been and so it's it was, like yeah you're having a good series right it was now, similar but... to the jimmy butler shot from was it last year or two years ago when he yeah last, last year. break trying to shoot the uh trying yeah. to shoot it to win now, the game i think tyler hero knocks one or both those down agreed i mean just because of like <laughs> do you want to go down the there. list of injured miami heat players that probably would have knocked out shot probably would have knocked that shot down there's only one it's him i mean Victor, I mean, Victor Oladipo's not making the shots. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> okay, before we get into music, here are, here's my last um, question. I had another one, but I forgot it. Would you, how, on your meter of annoyance, would you be more annoyed by the fact that it could have been over in four if the Celtics lose tonight? Would you be more annoyed at the fact that they led you on to believe that they're going to achieve the greatest comeback in NBA history? Or are you going to be less upset because they actually? No, if they lost, if if they lost in five or six, I would have been. I would have rather them get swept than lose in five or six. Now that we're in seven, it's like, all right, here we. You know what I mean? No matter what happens in this game, no matter what happens in the off season, it's like they fought all the way back as far as you can go without without winning. And I think they're going to win. You know what I mean? It's like I don't. I don't see a reason they're not going to win. But I, if they were going to lose in five or lose in six, I would have rather them just lost in four. Okay, so because then that's more like the leading on thing and being like, all right, you know, there might be a chance in seven. It's like, no, there's a it's it's here. Like, you know what I mean? You have the opportunity in front of you to win. You're just you're just happy to be here, which understandably you should be. It's for now. I mean, after three zero, after three zero, I was like, all right, they might get one like kind of like pride win. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, all right, we can't we can't go out like this. And then five, they came out strong. And then six, once once they showed uh, Jimmy's feet behind the line on those free to get him three free throws to the end, I was like, this it doesn't happen. Teams don't come back from three zero, and I was kind of resigned to that. I was like, it just doesn't it doesn't happen. But I mean, here we are, and I I think the comparison obviously it's an easy comparison to the two thousand four Red Sox. Mm. I'm not getting into that until I mean, if they win, then sure I'll be all in on that because like that is a cool thing that you know both of them have done it, but. As of right now, I'm not doing the whole like, you know, like, oh, this is like the same because it's not. I mean, that was like the underdog Red Sox versus the five time. Well, like they were 26 time champ, but five time recent champ New York Yankees. So it's a little different. It wasn't. And this is like the two seed who should have won this series a long time ago versus the eight seed who, like we said, snuck into the fucking snuck into the playoffs because they barely tried during the play in. 
Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Uh, with that being said, welcome to the Cap episode 404. It's your weekly tour through hip hop. I am Nate Sperlin. That is Taylor McLeod. Thank you for watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and more. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media. And check out all the Old Milk merch on oldmilk.co. As you can see, I'm wearing it. Taylor's wearing it as well. Hey, Beanie Bros, we here. You feel me? Uh, all right. That being said, Taylor, uh, besides probably your whole body shaking because you're nervous about Game 7, how are you doing today? Good. I'm I'm just glad that like my like my basketball team's still playing. Honestly, like yeah, it's the conference finals and it's gonna be the finals. I'm glad that Celtics are still playing because it's I might base a little bit of my schedule around their schedule in my life. So when things <laughs> fall apart, you know things get a little dicey for me. I gotta watch Corey Kluber. So <laughs> we're in a, we're in a good spot right now. Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Garrett Whitlock, all Chris your favorite Red Sox. Chris Sale's nasty again though. I saw he's like five seven ERA though. But that's because like Maybe the first two games in okay. his last seven he's like two point two three okay. with like eleven strikeouts per nine just like going crazy again. All right, that's good. That's good to hear. Hopefully he doesn't get injured again. Not trying to put that out there, but just hopefully he doesn't. He actually finishes a season. He, um, he probably will. <laughs> that being said, um, Taylor, are you ready to get into power rankings? Yeah, uh, for I wanna yeah. Oh yeah, I, I forgot. Sorry, I was gonna skip power rankings and get from uh, Chris Sale, one Chicago legend, to another. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, what are your power rankings for this week? All right, so I have goodbye and good riddance at number three because of the five year anniversary last week. I've definitely been going back to that and just kind of like thinking about it in the in the scheme of things. Because again, it doesn't feel like it's been five years, but that that would be five. I've ways of knowing, or that would be three. Excuse me. I've ways of knowing by Navy Blue at two which is probably me just being kind and, and shifting it down. So I don't have a one every single week. And then honestly, Kate Mina has been number one this week uh, since it came out. I, I That album's fun. And especially with summer coming up, that album is a real fun album. And I'm glad that you and I were kind of on the same page with it. And even like being on the same page as our, as our wonderful friend, Bobby Manning, that it was like a good album that we like, kind of like, you know what I mean? It, it's definitely been my number one most played this week. And I keep going back to it. And I think it's, it's just, it's really fun. It's a good album. And uh, yeah, that's my number one. Yeah. Um, For me, I have Kate Mine at number three. Um, I have Goodbye and Good Riddance at number two. And I have SOS at by SZA um, at number one. I'm goodbye and good riddance, like Taylor said, five-year anniversary, and I'm basically playing it like it's a new album. Um, the only real change here is Kane Tramine at number three, and like Taylor said, it's a really fun album. Uh, today being the unofficial start of summer, uh, might be playing this album a little bit more now, so we'll definitely see how that impacts my power rankings in the future. Um, but from one segment to the next, we're going to go through our versus segment before we get into Lil Durk Almost Healed. Um, today on Versus, or this episode on Versus, we are going to be discussing The Voice versus 7220, both albums by Lil Durk. Taylor, which one do you prefer? I prefer The Voice, and I think that's looking back, it's 2021. That was like kind of the year of Lil Durk. Like he, the, he, he was arguably like the biggest rapper of that year. And for The Voice to come out uh, at the end of December in 2020, it kind of kicked off that run for him. So I'm going to I think the voice over 7220, 7220, we reviewed. That was one of my first episodes with you. If not the actual, the first episode I did with you. Um, or the first and I, I really like that album. And I remember I remember going back through that album with you. And and I remember liking it then. But I think that just like 
what the voice kind of kicked off for the next year for Dirk means means more within within the broader landscape of the genre and also just for him. So I would go with the voice. Yeah. Uh, for me, I recognize how big and probably the most impactful album of Lil Durk's career, The Voice is. But in terms of playback value, I think 7220 uh, gets it for me. I think I, I, and just for the simple fact that it's playback value, I went back to that one more than I did The Voice. And because of that, it's really a landslide um, from my perspective, at least. Um, but on the other side of this commercial break, we will be talking about Lil Durk's Almost Healed. So stay tuned. Yo, this young little album is the best of all time. I can't wait to talk to Taylor about it, man. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. Yo, Yo what's good, Taylor? How you doing? I hate this album. Do you have to clean your ears first? What's my girlfriend said everything I play in the car scares her. She said I lost all my taste. Clearly. And I, I need your help. Well, what am I supposed to do about it? You want me to order you Q-tips? No, I need hoodies. I need a beanie. I need t-shirts. I need you to help. All right, I'll see what I can do. I can send you this beanie, but everything else we're gonna have to see. Introducing the 2023 Old Milk Collection. This collection comprised of hoodies, t-shirts, beanies, and stickers designed by Nate Sperlin is guaranteed to show everyone your superior style and taste. Man, I hope Taylor doesn't scare the viewers with that bummy outfit. Oh, Yo. no bummy outfit today, look at that. No, I'm much better. The album's sounding better. Everything is better, all thanks to Old Milk. Rush over to oldmilk.co to shop the 2023 Old Milk Collection today. And welcome back to episode 404 of the Cat Podcast, your weekly tour through hip hop. And on this episode, we will be talking about Almost Healed by Lil Durk. The album is 21 tracks and 57 minutes long, featuring Alicia Keys, J. Cole, Chief Wook, um, Future, 21 Savage, Kodak Black, Rob49, Juice World, and Morgan Wallen currently on pace to sell 125 to 150,000 units first week, which will be a new record for Lil Durk, Lil Durk's career. Um, join the conversation and let us know what you think about Almost Healed in the comments below. That being said, Taylor, what did you think about Almost Healed? Yes, yeah, so my, my first impression um, on this album, I think there was maybe not so much hype around this. I don't think hype is the, the right word, but I think there was a lot of anticipation for this album to see what Dirk did after 7220 after after last year kind of dealing with like some some beef here and there we had within the last two weeks i mean the the dirk and young boy dirk and six nine going back and forth and kind of the you and i talked about it a bunch the possibility of young boy dropping the same day as dirk just to drop the same day as dirk and dirk pushing back from it was the 12th i think but yes it was the 12th removing all of that just musically, I really like this album. I think that Dirk is vulnerable on this album. I think that there's a lot of moments where his ability as a rapper shines. I think some of the hooks he definitely struggles to sing through, which is interesting because I don't really mind when he sings, but there's some of them where he really like gets into this like weird falsetto space that I haven't heard him try, like necessarily like try to get into before. Um, but overall, I really like this. I like this project. I think I think at 21 tracks, there's definitely some stuff that feels a little like filler, some stuff that feels a little repetitive here and there. But the the highs in this album are really high. And I think it carries it to a place that, you know, I I, I can I can I have a lot of respect for this album. And I think that from the the opener with Alicia Keys kind of going through like the the therapy session, I think that I think that this is just like a very I don't know, it's it's 
I don't know if intentional is the right word. And I know we use that a lot. It's almost like a, a, a mature, like little dirt cow. I'm mean, not to say the other ones haven't, but I think that's like where I see him. Like, this is like a, this is a 30 year old little dirt. Now it's not like, you know, 10 years ago, little dirt. This is like a 30 year old little dirt. Who's kind of like looking back at some stuff and putting it into perspective from a place where he is now, as opposed to where he was. Yeah. Um, I think that this album I think the narrative around Lil Durk has been that he's been a superstar for the past two years, I want to say, ever since he did that feature on um, Laugh Now, Cry Later by uh, by Drake. Um, it kind of seemed like the industry was kind of pushing him to that superstar status. I think that this is the first album in his uh, discography that actually comes through and um, cashes the check that the superstar status um, is talking about. Um there's a lot of things. There's a, just a lot of things about this album that I like. Um, I think the first part to start is, I think the concept is good. I think the concept of Lil Durk being almost healed, healing from all the trauma and all the shit that he's gone through over his, really his whole life. Um, I think that concept is really, really good. I don't think it's fully executed to the way that it should though. Um, obviously you have, Pelco, you have Therapy Session, which is with Alicia Keys, or it's basically just Alicia Keys talking to Lil Durk. Um, you also have All My Life that comes after those two tracks. And then maybe I'd include the fourth track in there, but then after that, it kind of seems like that whole concept was just dropped. Um, it wasn't really a concept that was fleshed out throughout the full length of the album. It just seemed like it was something that was just for these four tracks. Um, one of them with J. Cole, All My Life with J. Cole. Um, that's where it really seems like that concept, the uh, concentration of using that concept is. That being said, the music on it is still really, really good. A lot of the beats remind me of like future DS2, like probably directly future DS2. Um, and some of the tracks that really make me feel that way are Big Dog produced by ATL Jacob. Um, pretty sure future is the ATL Jacob tag um, when you hear it on an ATL Jacob beat. Um, you also have Before Fodger, which is produced by 808 Mafia known to work with future war about it produced by metro known to work with future grandson produced by metro and zaytoven both known to work about work with future and then you have 300 euros produced by wheezy known to work with future and on that track future is also the producer tag for that one as well so it's not really something that i'm here to say that oh Lil dirk is trying to bite future's flow and he's trying to be 2015 future or whatever stuff like that absolutely not um dirk has his own flow he has his own cadence he has his own way of doing things that has worked out really really successful for him um but i do appreciate those types of beats and how Lil dark navigates those beats because they remind me of back when everything was so much more simpler in 2015 and ds2 came out um those are really my first thoughts also one more thing uh the track listing goes from melodic to no auto to melodic and i think through that that really shows the superstar status of Lil Durk because it's showing you that he has a whole bunch of different um, fan bases that he needs to appease. And I think that with that track listing, while it's not the most cohesive, um, it does work out to where everyone who is listening to Dirk for a specific reason um, is satisfied with that result. For me, I'm listening to Lil Durk for the no auto. So the middle of the album for me is really the highlight. Yeah. I think you hit a lot of great points right there. And I think that when certain artists reach legit superstar status, which I would say Dirk is that you have to put songs on the albums for everyone. You can't just do the 13 track 
super pointed, super focused. Like this is my almost healed album. And this is, you know, step by step where it is. And you stay on that, that, that subject, because I think you hit the nail on the head. The first four songs are very focused on that. And then you, then you have something for everyone for the next, you know, 10 or so tracks. And I think, I think it kind of circles back around to that theme by the end i think by the it's almost like the it's like it's like the the actual album is like the first third and the second third and that middle third is like all right we got to do the streaming numbers we got to have the songs that people are going to be putting in playlists because he's at that point and it's not like where he can just do the the and everyone wants this from every artist and it's just not realistic sometimes to get 444 from every artist it's not it's not going to happen it's the reason drake has 20 tracks on every album it's the reason like Dirk does it. it's the reason future albums have gotten longer and longer it's the reason that all these all these rappers have to because they and yeah like some of them can be like no I'm gonna do my you know what I mean like I'm not doing that and that's and that's great and that's why you know we have a lot of respect for some of the independent artists and some of the smaller artists who are able to hold on to that but where Dirk is he just doesn't have it's almost like he doesn't have a choice sometimes. He has to put some of those songs down there because it's like we need this to move in a certain way. And when those projection numbers, like you mentioned, like when those projection numbers start to get bigger and bigger, it's like you have to keep climbing. And it's in because it's not like he's a 40-year-old rapper who's been in it for 20 years and is on the back end. Like he's still going up. And so you have to keep climbing at that point. So I think that does maybe take away from a little the intentionality of this project, but he just he shines so bright on so many points and i love what you're talking about with with future because i mean obviously as you could probably as you could probably imagine never imagined on this is is my like we'll get to it but like that that's the one for me and i mm. almost think that when like future kind of leads the way dirk is perfect to be like all right like it's like kind of like future opens the door and then dirk's here and it's like yeah that's like and obviously we've seen future in that role with a lot of people before. And I think that, I think that, I mean, Juice World probably did it better than anybody else in terms of the relentlessness, really being able to just keep going and keep going and keep going on, on track after track. But it was really interesting to kind of hear future open that door and be like, all right, I'm going to set the stage. And then like, you keep it going. And I think he did a great job with that. So I think there's, there's certain pitfalls on this album that almost feel unavoidable just because of how music works now. Mm-hmm. but when you overlook those when you kind of put those out of mind like i think this is a very strong project despite maybe the execution of the the theme itself maybe not being there like we like we'd hoped yeah um i like that you start talking about juice world you also start talking about future i think those are the two songs where you see Lil dirk not only i think going at least off of the first listen from a lot of people the main story was like dirk playing with his voice but I also see Dirk playing a lot with like song construction as well. Like when you see Juice World being the artist on the hook and then the first verse and then Lil Dirk is the second verse and then Juice World is the hook again. And it basically kind of feels like a Juice World song. Um, that's interesting to me. Lil Dirk also does that with uh, the Future song as well. Um, Never Imagine, he also does that where Future is the hook. Uh, I'm not sure if Future is the first verse or the second verse, but the point is, is that Future is on the majority of the song. Um, there are also some tracks where uh, there's no hook at all and it's just Lil Durk rapping. Like Before Fodger is one of those. Um, 300 Euros is one of those as well. And I think those are really the more, for lack of a better word, grimy in the trenches tracks. And those are really in the middle. Um, now, the one thing I do disagree with what you uh, said, Taylor, or the one thing that I do disagree with is that um, 
the tracks for the streaming numbers are in the middle. I feel like they're more towards the end. Because when you look at having Morgan Wallen on a track and understanding the numbers that he does, despite all the controversy around him, um, I think that that's a track for numbers. Um, I also think the track with J. Cole, understanding that J. Cole is always going to do numbers regardless. And um, if I'm not mistaken, actually, I didn't check. Let me not even say anything about that. But I'm, I'd be surprised if um, All My Life isn't a top 10 track on the Billboard charts right now. Um, that's what J. Cole, Lil Durk is also coming to his own as a superstar, as we've been talking about. Um, I think that's another one that is uh, out of the 21 tracks, I think that the one with Morgan Wallen and I think the one with J. Cole are really the ones that are supposed to carry the album in terms of metrics. I think that towards the middle, it's really more so for his core fan base, the fan base that he first had where uh, before he was doing the melodies and stuff like that, he was like just rapping about like straight street shit. Um, and then the outside, it's kind of like a sandwich, really. It's kind of like a... Um, appeasement sandwich where you're appeasing like your uh mainstream fan base with the bread which is like the the beginning and the end of the album and then you're appeasing uh your core fan base with the middle which is like as i said before like the street tracks um it's, it's really an appeasement sandwich and it was done perfectly and as we're saying like if Lil Durk is going to level up in that way to become a real superstar real top 10 rapper in hip-hop this is something that he needs to do. And I think that this is a great way to start it. Um, but like Taylor has said, there are some raisins in here and we can get to those probably now, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even like, I I listened to the song of Morgan Wallen, but I'll, I won't do it again. Yeah. Um, like they have two songs together now and I saw like an uh, Instagram picture they posted like fishing together. It just went like viral on, on social a little bit. Um, so I... I yeah, that song is definitely for the streaming. And I know that like Morgan Wallen's been like number one album for like 22 weeks or something crazy like that at this point. Um, All My Life, though, is really interesting because I think that's a really good song. Um, and I actually waited to listen to it until it came out with the album because I wanted to hear it in the, within the context of the album. I saw like the clips of it, but where I said that Future kind of set the stage for Lil Durk on, on Never Imagined, I think Dirk sets the stage for J. Cole and J. Cole kind of follows Dirk's lead on that yeah. song. Like, like J. Cole switches how he, and he does this with a lot of, with when he gets on features. And that's something I like about him, honestly, is that he, he kind of fits himself into someone else's world as opposed to being like, all right, this is a J. Cole song. Like when Drake gets on a feature, it's a Drake song. You know, this feels like a Lil Dirk song. This doesn't feel like a, 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 a J. Cole song to me. Um, and so, yeah, I think you're probably right about the streaming numbers. And I think I I think I meant more with the, the middle is like the playlist stuff. It's like that's for the fans who are taking mm -hmm. the stuff out of it. And they're being like, no, this is like the one for me. This is the one for me. And uh, yeah, so like the, the Morgan Wallen one, I honestly, I listened to it once and I was like, all right, I get it. Like, yeah, that's a smart business, I guess. I'm not going back to it, but. All my life, um, with Cole, obviously that's gonna that's already is a huge song, and it has like the, the the choir on the hook and everything, so it's like it has that like the the every quality of a song to really go beyond just within the album, and and it's it's Cole, so it's it, it that that is what it is too. So, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple more things before we get into favorite tracks and rating the album. Um, the best feature here on this album is Kodak um on grandson just perfect cadence perfect tempo for the beat 
where Kodak can really do his thing. Um, 21 Savage also obviously always does his thing. Like, am I really surprised about that? No. Uh, same thing with Future. Like, Future always does his thing. I'm not really surprised about that. It's just like, all right, you did what you're supposed to do. Have a cookie or something, I guess. Um, that's really it. Um, do you want to get into favorite tracks? Yeah, so I have five of them. Um, I love Pellicoat, uh up top. I love that song. I think that's super introspective song where he's like looking back but also kind of like like talking from where he is now um same side with rob 49 the energy that rob 49 brings to start that song is insane like i, I don't know how much i'll listen to that song but like just him coming in on i love it i love it when a feature starts the song because it's like all right this is like dirk like giving this guy an opportunity and he's like all right I'm, he's he's all over it um and dirk i can't lose yeah i know exactly at three, I have uh, sad songs. At two, I have at this point we suck, and then number one is never imagine with future. I think that I've already listened to that so many times. Like that's when I go to listen to this album, I play that one first, and then listen to it again in the context of the album, and then like I'll probably keep playing that. I think that future's raps on that are so good. Like that is the motivational future that I love, and I like it's the Andre 3000 quote. He makes the saddest motivational music ever, and it's true. And I we've heard so many rumors about uh beast mode three ds3s in the works and and that verse kind of was like all right future's here future is in a in a place where he's he's really really going so that's my number one is never imagined all right um from five to one i have moment of truth I, i'm gonna say this probably every episode i'm a sucker for a good outro really good outro there um never imagine which is number four big dog is number three war about it is number two and grandson is number one um again just the tempo of it is just like it's just uh Lil Durk and Kodak just talking their shit 21 Savage's verse on War Battle was crazy um Big Dog is really more so because that's the, really the start of me feeling like um Almost Healed is like a DS2 um knockoff I guess for lack of a better term never imagine it's future it's future I don't have to explain more than that I don't think um, and I already explained moment of truth. All right, moving on. Um, how would you rate this album from a personal playback value and an objective playback value? Personally, I like this album a lot. I think I'm going to keep it in rotation. I think I'll keep it in rotation, honestly, until future drops. <laughs> because like I like it, that's it. I hadn't thought of it as a DS2 or like related to DS2 at all. But now that I have that context from you, I know I'm going to go back through it and listen to it. And it's not like a, like you said, knockoff. And I don't, I don't know the right word, but it's almost like his version of that. Like his version Homage, of like, I guess. The, yeah. The real, like, like he's already had the projects that put him on the, the, the mainstream map, the superstar map, but this is the one where he feels like so confident in what he's doing and he can do a bunch of different things and he does all that. So personally for me, I'm definitely going to keep this in rotation for, for a long time. Um, I think Dirk is just on such a such a path and he means so much to multiple different areas of of hip hop. And I think he's really important with how music, how rap music is the, the direction it's moving in right now. And it's important to have figures like him who have a decade in the game who are still getting better and still kind of like cementing their place. And it's not one one song from this person that goes big on youtube and one song that goes you know it's like no he has 10 years in this and more than 10 years in this and that in that i love that continuity so personally i'm definitely going to keep this in rotation for a while i think that songs like all my life and the song of morgan Wong will also keep this in the mainstream conversation for a long time so i think that the the overall um 
playback value, the overall staying power of this this album will be high. I don't really know in terms of Billboard top 40, top 200, but I know that those songs will do insane numbers, especially the one with Morgan Wallen. I'm glad you brought that up just in terms of the pure streaming numbers because that song will do numbers. Yeah. Um, my personal playback value, I see it being four months. I actually counted it out in my head. We're at the end of May, so June, July, August, um, and then maybe September, I'll probably be playing this still. And then if it goes further than that, then um, either this year sucks or this album is really, really good, but that remains to be seen. Um, objective playback value, I got six months. Um, again, I think that if this album is really... Well, first of all, the past two Lil Durk albums have been doing really well um, for a really long time after they've been released. Um, but I think that if Lil Durk is really going to put himself in the conversation for top 10 rapper um, undisputed in hip hop right now, I think that this album needs to last at least six months and possibly even a year. Um, so if it lasts a year, then everything that we we're saying before about this is being Lil Durk's um, come out party, if you will, is 1000% true. But I think six months is the floor um, and the ceiling is the floor sometimes. Um, that being said, this is the Cat Podcast episode 404. Thank you for watching. Do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. Let us know what you think about Almost Healed in the comments. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Old Milk Media and check out the Old Milk Beanie with the Beanie Boys today. Um, check that out on oldnote.co. We'll be back when hip hop tells us to be. We are out. Oh, nope.